There's a whole lot of weak-kneed betas who want to cancel me. They're afraid of me. They want to silence me simply because they can't control the phenomenon known as Brad Shepard. But I'm here to tell you, if you're concerned about what I might say, you better buckle up, Buttercup, because you should be concerned. It's summertime, and I'm turning up the heat. He's taking the gloves off. He's talking in depth about pro wrestling, sports, pop culture, trending topics on social media, politics, and his crazy life. He's uncensored. He's unapologetic. He's media personality Brad Shepard. And he's unleashed. I'm ready to play now. Put me in the game now. I came in to prove it. I'm ready to do it. I can't be afraid now. Put me on the stage now. I'm ready to rage now. I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out. My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop This time, like the last time You better get ready to race to the top ready to do this Show you what the truth Welcome to Brad Shepard Unleashed Wherever in the world you may be listening There's a lot to cover So let's get right to it It's time to take the gloves off As always I'm going to start this week with the fake news wrestling media. (laughs) They just can't help themselves each and every week. They make it too easy for me. Sean Ross Sapp, he tweeted, We've got news of a pretty significant change for a wrestler's theme coming to AEW and a new licensed song. Now, the story was behind his paywall at Fightful Select. So Sean's report stated AEW had secured the licensing for Orange Cassidy to use Jefferson Starship's 1979 track Jane as his entrance music. Now, for those who aren't aware, Orange Cassidy previously used Jane on the Indies. Tony addressed this during the AEW media scrum after Forbidden Door when JD from New York asked Tony about it. Tony said, quote, I have, as I understand it, I have 97.5% of the rights, but in this case, that's zero. I mean, like, I might as well have zero. We're real close. I've been told by the 2.5% right holder They are going to get back to us. It seems like it will probably happen, unquote. Tony did not have rights at the time to use the song, and if the 2.5% right holder didn't allow it, he wouldn't have been able to use the song. Tony elaborated. I told him, because it's not true, I never even got a chance to refute it. Instead of admitting he was wrong, which he clearly was, Sean tweeted, Tony Khan confirms our report that he's working on the Jefferson Starship song for Orange Cassidy, but wasn't happy it got leaked to us. He spoke with us earlier and said they were working on clearing it still. In other words, the story was not correct. Tony does have the license. To use the music now. And he did so on AEW Dynamite's Blood and Guts this week. But they didn't at the time of Sean's report. 
And Sean didn't report Tony was working on the licensing. He reported behind his paywall that Tony had obtained the licensing already. Tony had to reach out to Sean to correct the record. And as usual, at no point did Sean admit his report was inaccurate. He simply spun it as confirmed because Tony wants to use it if and when he has the rights to do so. He was simply hoping his audience of mindless marks would ignore the biggest detail of his story. This is another example of Sean luring fans behind his paywall for an inaccurate story and refusing to accept accountability when he gets it wrong. Now, Wrestling Inc. founder Raj Geary, who recently sold out to Static Media, has been melting down on Twitter in epic fashion after brashly claiming Sasha Banks was fired by WWE weeks ago, which two different sources in the company have told me is not true. All my reporting on Sasha Banks can be found on my Patreon, by the way, if you want the real scoop, at patreon.com forward slash Brad Shepard Unleashed. Nonetheless, as it became more clear to everyone that Raj was wrong, he's gone into full meltdown mode, backpedaling as fast as he can, even deleting his original tweet. It would be bad PR. It makes sense to try to get her back, he said. To be clear, I heard Sasha was released on June 10th. A noticeable difference from his cocky phrasing at the time of his original tweet that he deleted. Something tells me Raj should lay off the late night drinking and wrestling reporting. The two don't mix. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention this absolute clown with no integrity wouldn't post my news when he owned Wrestling Inc. Because I was bad for business due to my wrong think opinions. But he has no problem spreading fake news about people's careers and livelihood without confirming anything. And this is why I call them the fake news wrestling media. It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. Monster kill. It's time for the jobber of the week. And this jobber has been awarded this honor numerous times already. My jobber of the week is AEW CEO Tony Khan. What did Tony do this time, you may ask? Well, he made some recent acquisitions. You may know now that Claudio Castagnoli, known as Cesaro in WWE, is now the latest AEW pro wrestler. And uh, <laughs> Tony was very, very excited um, to to hug him. Uh, he really kind of leaned in. It was it was like a. Um, it was like a parent being separated from a child for 30 years and the child is reunited with them for the first time. Uh, that's the kind of hug this was. And Tony has a history of these really uncomfortably awkward, weird hugs 
with the wrestlers on his roster that obviously he's a big personal fan of. It just really, really highlights what a mark this guy is. The entire thing is not only weird and creepy, it's embarrassing for everybody in the industry, and nobody has the balls to say it. Well, I will. I do. And that's why Tony Khan is my jobber of the week. It's that time again. Brad's butt beauties are back. And rather than blow our loads each and every week, we're going to savor the flavor of these masterpieces by doing this segment every month moving forward. And this month's butt beauty is a badass former Bellator MMA fighter and soon to be WWE superstar. Her back end is even better than her back fist. My butt beauty of the month is the lovely Valerie Lareda. Woo! Let's talk about Joseph Meehan, a.k.a. Joey Ryan from professional wrestling. He was fired from Disneyland. That's right. Uh, he worked for the theme park for about three months in a probationary status until Disneyland declined to hire him as a full-time employee. That's according to Disneyland officials. You may remember Meehan's disgusting gimmick as a pro wrestler, which was sexual in nature and revolved around his penis. Ryan was blackballed from the pro wrestling industry following this speaking out movement where several women came forward accusing Ryan of sexual misconduct. The Los Angeles Times reported that the theme park screening process for potential employees includes a criminal background check. But Disneyland officials said that check didn't alert them about the sexual misconduct accusations against Meehan under his stage name, Joey Ryan, uh, which appeared in social media posts and on wrestling websites. Meehan has consistently denied these allegations, and there were never any criminal charges filed against him. But now his career as a handler at Disneyland for the Jungle Cruise attraction is over thanks to the same people in the wrestling community he once considered allies. Although Disneyland won't admit this, the woke mob discovered where Meehan worked and had him canceled, plain and simple. Now, personally, I think Meehan's a creep, and him working at Disneyland is like uber-hiring Jeff Hardy. Yeah, no thanks. But exactly how far does this thing go? Does he not have a right to be gainfully employed and support himself simply because he was accused of sexual misconduct? Remember, he was never charged with a crime. He denied these allegations. And the Wokesters loved Joey Ryan. Now, I never liked him. I always criticized him. He publicly attacked me on Twitter and blocked me. And I'm good with that. But all your IWC faves praised him, thought it was funny, promoted his behavior. And then they turned on him 
during the speaking out movement at the drop of a dime. There was no waiting for evidence or even criminal charges. Look, maybe he's guilty. Maybe he isn't. But the woke mob wasn't going to wait for that to play out because he was guilty in the court of public opinion. And therefore, he had to be canceled. And now Joseph Meehan is learning a hard lesson about the cancel culture wokesters. All right, let's preview WWE Money in the Bank. It is coming up live from Las Vegas this Saturday at the MGM Grand Arena. Of course, this was the show that was moved from Allegiant Stadium, a story that I broke on my Patreon. I'm going to run down the card, and let's talk about the matches. And we're going to start with the United States Championship match. It's Theory the Champion versus Bobby Lashley. Now, this is a match uh, that I have actually been looking forward to. Uh, I am a big fan of Theory. He is one of my favorite wrestlers in the entire industry right now. Um, I love what they're doing with him, his presentation. He's got a great look. He's a natural. And they're building momentum with him. And that's exactly why he needs to win this match. I'm real high on Bobby Lashley. Uh, He absolutely should be one of the top guys. Uh, Lashley's been on a tremendous run, the best run of his entire career. The entire presentation of Lashley from his look to his finish, uh, from the moment he walks out with his entrance, it is all really well done. And so I think this is just, uh, it's going to be a really exciting match in that regard. You know, is this going to be a technical classic? Of course not. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be. Um, but this should be a fun matchup. They've built a story. And uh, and now they're going to settle it at Money in the Bank. Looking forward to that match. Next up, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. It's the Usos versus the Street Profits. Um, this is something they've built up on TV as well each and every week. They've had some... Matches together, uh, tag and singles. And uh, the Street Profits even asked Cena for advice on Raw. How do we beat the Usos? We've only beaten them once by countout. Uh, the Usos are on a hell of a run right now. I don't think they should drop the championships. I think they are the best tag team in modern wrestling history and the best tag team right now. Uh, the Street Profits are perfectly fine. I'm high on Montez Ford. Wish he would go singles because he's being held back by Dawkins. That's a different conversation. Uh, This should be a fun match, but ultimately, let's not have the Usos drop the straps here. Let's not have them lose. Don't like that idea, but the match should be good. The SmackDown Women's Championship, it's the champion Ronda Rousey taking on Natalya. Uh, Natalia, who, of course, dressed up recently on SmackDown as Ronda Rousey. They've traded barbs on social media. The deal here is nobody thinks Natalia is going to beat Ronda Rousey. Uh, I, I think the match will be okay. I'm very high on Ronda Rousey, although they need to allow her to be more authentic. The Ronda that trades barbs on social media that is ruthless That's the Ronda I want to see on SmackDown. 
So so that potential to improve is there, but I'm very high on her. She's got an incredible amount of believability. Nobody thinks Natalia's going to win. I think that hurts the match. Um, it'll be perfectly fine, but uh, Natalia is a lovable loser. She doesn't win the big one, and uh, you can't convince me otherwise. Next up, the Raw Women's Championship. It's Bianca Belair, the champion, versus Carmella. This was supposed to be Belair and Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is not medically cleared. I think this actually works out really well because you don't want Rhea Ripley, uh, who's in a new faction, who has recent momentum, to go against Bianca Belair. Belair is not going to drop the championship, so... Why waste, uh, you know, Rhea Ripley in that situation and, and losing some momentum or taking a loss? Yeah, not a fan of that. So I think it works out in a way. Carmella going in, it's perfectly fine. You know, Carmella can go out there and, and fill the need. But, you know, the audience isn't really invested in Carmella as, at all as a character. Uh, and again, just like with the SmackDown Women's Championship match, nobody believes that Carmella can beat Bianca Belair. Nobody thinks that's going to happen. It'll be an okay match. It's not going to be an instant classic or anything, but uh, it'll be perfectly okay. It'll fill the need. And uh, and so it kind of is what it is. Uh, Next up, it's the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch. You know, I, I haven't been a big fan of the women's money in the bank ladder matches. Historically, they just have not been very good to me. Um, that's just my opinion, of course. But, you know, I think it's important to highlight Lacey Evans in this. Keep her strong. Uh, Alexa Bliss has been a complete disappointment to me. Her return to WWE has been a, a flop. I have not been a fan. She looks bored and uninspired and wondering when the hell her contract is ending. Uh, Cause I, I don't think she's going to stick around. I don't um, to be harassed by these creepy WWE stalkers. So uh, Liv Morgan have no idea why she's in the match. Uh, again, I don't get that at all. Raquel Rodriguez is a bright spot, bright new talent they've got on SmackDown. Obviously they want to keep her strong. Asuka kind of is what she is. Uh, Shotzi, not a fan of her at all. She's not over. She's not entertaining. Uh, and she's not really good in really any regard. And then Becky Lynch, who is just a charisma vacuum for, uh, what is supposed to be a top superstar in the women's division. She just does not have the it factor. And, uh, it really shows they can put the machine behind her, but ultimately she's really propped up by that more than anything because it's just not there for her. Um, she's, she's doing raw, no favors when she main events it, the force push is, uh, is, is beyond over. It's beyond ridiculous. And, uh, it kind of is what it is, but the match itself, I don't really care that much who wins, but I'd like to see, um, probably Lacey Evans or Raquel Rodriguez win the money in the bank ladder match. I think they have a a unique opportunity here with this match to put someone in who hasn't had that opportunity before and create uh, a new top star in the women's division. So I'd like to see them do that. 
And next up, it's the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. It is Seth Rollins versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre versus Omos versus Sami Zayn versus Riddle versus uh, hasn't been uh, announced yet. There's too many fucking people in these matches, first of all. Let's just get that out of the way. That's too many people. Uh, you know, obviously Seth Rollins going in as a legitimate favorite to win this. Uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre both strong, but I definitely don't think Sheamus will win. Drew McIntyre has an opportunity. I hope not. He's Drew McIntyre. That's how he makes me feel. I don't want to see it. Omos, he's a wild card. And, um, you know, it's interesting because they've presented him really strong. I'm a fan of his work. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is another wild card uh, in this match, just like Omas, like someone who, from a character perspective, has really been built strongly, who even has a connection to a main event storyline with the bloodline. So from a storyline perspective, you get the most benefit out of someone like a Sami Zayn winning, perhaps. You could certainly make that argument anyway. Uh, and then they've got Riddle in there. I'm not a big Riddle guy. I get it. You know, they have certainly put some of the machine behind him. He had his match with Roman. They've made him look strong. Uh, I, I I want to boo the guy, not cheer him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not a not just not a big Riddle guy. Just don't really get it. Um, he's just kind of an annoying douche to me. At least he he feels and looks that way. To be announced, we will see. They have a lot of options here, a lot of opportunities. So we'll see how that plays. It should be very, very interesting. I do expect they'll probably have at least another match on the card. If I had to guess, uh, they may add Kevin Owens and Ezekiel to the Money in the Bank card. That's not confirmed. I'm guessing. It seems to make sense. It was supposed to happen on Raw. um, and, And certainly... They could have that match at Money in the Bank, and maybe it's for that final spot later in the show. Maybe it's not, but I I expect to see that as well. And I hope, frankly, that rivalry ends. I really do. I'm so tired of Kevin Owens. He's a fat sack of shit. He's boring. He can't find a gym on a GPS, and the guy gets paid six, seven figures. Really? And he's never improved his physique in how many years of being on TV and doing this job? He's a lazy piece of shit, and he's just not that good. It's embarrassing he got the main event spot with Austin at WrestleMania, and now he's been reduced to the role he belongs in, mid-card fucking comedy, and I love it. I love to see it, and I hope he does the job to Ezekiel in five minutes flat. Well, if you haven't heard, a 29-year-old biological male recently came in first place at a New York women's skateboarding competition. As it turns out, (laughs) it's a true story, he's a father of three and a combat veteran who was previously rejected from the Olympics for... Having too much testosterone. Uh, Ricky Trace, who also goes by Ricky and Trace. I I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, and I frankly don't give a shit. He won over Shiloh Katori, a 
13-year-old actual girl who is ranked 133rd in the border global ranks. And that's based on performance and skateboarding competitions. For a little context, Trace, by comparison, sits at 838 in the rankings. Yet, obviously, with no problem, was able to beat the women's 133rd ranked skateboarder. So he takes home the top title in the women's division of the Border Open. It's a $500 prize. He says, I have three kids. I'm married. I did my time in the military. I own a company. I've decided that I like being pretty and cute. So everything that goes with all that is female. I love female bodies. I think it's a work of art. Trace has taken hormones, but was previously informed that his body still had too much testosterone to compete. I know I'll never be a woman because women are miraculous. They have babies and create life and do all that awesome stuff, Trace said in the interview. I'll never have that ability. But I feel like I'm a woman. Well, that's great because I feel like I'm a fucking transformer. I would have wished to be born one. So I'll try to fill that image as much as I can for myself. On the 50th anniversary of uh, Title IX, the Biden administration indicated that it wants transgender athletes to enjoy the same protections that uh, Title IX initially afforded women when it was passed a half century ago. So again, uh, this under the guise of equality is really about destroying women's rights, biological women. And and this is sick and it's not OK. And we must stand up for this. We must stand up for women, real women, biological women. And the only way to do that is to call this what it is. We must be honest about it if we support women. Sting is in AEW, of course. It has largely been a dumpster fire, in my opinion. Um, look, it came to a halt here for me. Uh, forbidden door on pay-per-view. Sting is doing a leap off of something high in the air. I didn't watch the damn show. I saw the clip. And that was enough for me. I am, I am so... As a fan, this is strictly a fan perspective now. Because as as a, from a business perspective, like good for him for manipulating Tony Khan at 63 years old to pay him a lot of money to go in there and and show off in front of, you know, less than a million people. Good for him for making that money, securing himself financially and his family respect for that but as a fan from a fan perspective jesus christ this is difficult to watch it's embarrassing to watch and i just wonder you know it's you watch the guy who was a wcw and jim crockett promotions headliner a top guy in the industry a top guy in the company along with rick flair but this guy was legit and now he finds himself at 63 years old wearing T-shirts and wrestling and jumping off of stuff, potentially permanently damaging himself for what's less than a million marks. I mean, I just don't understand it. 
Remember, this is a guy with a serious neck injury. He's not just 63. No fucking body should be wrestling at 63. But he's not just 63. He's 63 with a bad neck. One bad bump, and this guy could be paralyzed. Remember the Seth Rollins buckle bomb that injured his neck? We thought it ended his career until he came back in AEW. The guy is one bad bump away from paralyzing himself. What the fuck is he thinking? I mean, this is embarrassing to watch. And he's having mid-card matches and twisting wrestlers' nipples? That's what he's doing. This is embarrassing. What the hell is Steve Borden doing? I I, I mean, I, I don't know why the guy isn't hanging it up. You know, he doesn't care about his legacy, obviously. But it is uncomfortable to watch. He's someone who has hung around too long, and he's doing so at the risk of his health. And he's doing it for an audience that is not very big. And I do not understand it. All right, it's time for the mailbag this week. The mailbag is always one of my favorite things. I love questions from the audience, so let's dive right in. Hey, Brad. So last week, Roman Reigns versus Matt Riddle happened, and it was great. A great, great match. But I couldn't help but notice that Reigns looked considerably smaller than 2021. I'm not saying he's a fat mess, but he didn't have abs or a giant muscular chest or arms anymore. I've heard that sometimes WWE does secret steroid violation suspensions. Do you know anything about this body change in Roman? Uh, So interesting question you propose. There obviously is some funny business with their wellness policy for sure that I've heard. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, I don't know of Roman at all uh, having any sort of recent violations that would be the cause of that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I've kind of noticed very recently a uh, little bit of a difference in his physique. And and who knows, right? We'll see. It could just come and go a little bit depending on what he has going on. I mean, right now he's not working as much. Of course, that could mean he's got more time to work out. It also could mean he's got other things going on where he's not able to work out. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But I've noticed recently a little bit of a difference. Again, I, I still think he's got a tremendous look. Uh, I still think he is the top guy uh, full time in the business today. Favorite Nickelback song. Oh, geez. This is... This is a difficult one, I will have to say, Uh, because unlike most people, I actually think Nickelback is a good band. I I really do. Um, Rockstar, How You Remind Me. There are so many great hits from Nickelback. Uh, Maybe How You Remind Me is my favorite, Uh, but they've got a lot of good music uh i'm a definite fan of nickelback um and i know there's this whole like internet culture thing where you know nickelback sucks but i don't agree if they required you to paint your nails where you work would you quit your job or do it Uh, i would quit my job yeah i'm not painting my nails look and you know obviously women paint their nails 
often uh, sometimes dudes do as well. Uh, I'm just not one of them and don't plan to be. So if my job said, yeah, you've got to paint your nails to work here, I'd say, okay, well, um, that's going to be awkward because I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so that's just the way it works. I stand by my principles. Not everybody does it. People will tell you they're anti-cancel culture until it's time to walk the walk. That's just the way it works, folks. Um, but I stand by what I believe. I'm not getting the vax, uh, and, and I'm not painting my nails. Why does Vince keep coming out every week? I don't know. At this point, is it a troll? <laughs> I mean, I think it's a it's kind of like this uh, Vince power move, at least for me. That's what it feels like. Now I get Vince coming out with John Cena and introducing him. I mean, certainly they could have had someone else do it, but... Look, this is one of the greatest pro wrestlers in the history of this business. Absolutely on the short list. And so Vince, obviously the guy for WWE, him coming out and introducing Cena. Uh, it makes sense. I get it. Uh, but, you know, the other the other appearances like uh, uh, welcome to Raw. Welcome to SmackDown. Yeah, totally. Vince coming out happy, power walking. Letting everyone know that all is well, all is calm. Do not be concerned. Uh, total Vince power move. And frankly, I love it. Are you a comic book guy? Uh, good question. I'm not. I am not a comic book guy. Uh, you know, and I do like, um, you know, like some of the Marvel, Marvel comic stuff or whatever, but in movie form or TV form. Uh, not in a comic book. Like, I am a big fan of Batman. Really enjoy the Batman movies, have for a long time. Um, but don't read the comic books or anything like that. When the hell did pro wrestling become infiltrated with so many unhinged, woke, sensitive, liberal douchebag talents? Is there a chance any of them would last a month during the Attitude Era or a week during the 80s boom period? It's absolutely disgusting these days how triggered they are. You really nailed it, sir. That is absolutely on the button right. Absolutely. Um, and that is the modern wrestling audience. And that is also the modern wrestler. These woke, sensitive, liberal douchebags. You're the ones who are completely unhinged about Ho versus Wade being reversed so that states' rights can actually be a thing again. You know, like, <laughs> it's just, it's really incredible. Uh, they have all the mouth and none of the information, but uh, that's the way it works. I, I don't think they would last very long in either of those two eras. I mean, could you imagine the soy boy, cowboy, hangman page, you know, and his fucking electric car, you know, pulling up to the arena, arena with <laughs> being greeted by some of these, you know, wrestlers from different decades. I mean, he, you know, oh, you know, that's not a vacant burger. How dare you? I mean, yeah. These guys are pathetic. They wouldn't last. Uh, and they certainly should not be uh, anyone's uh, idols. <laughs> so that's my opinion on that. WWE obviously is very high still on Pat McAfee, and you called it first. We would see him in the ring again soon. Uh, do you think him versus Corbin opens SummerSlam to set the tone as the crowd will be into it huge? Plus, if given time, it could be a show stealer. 
I don't think it'll open the show. Like, I, I don't know the rundown of the card yet. Obviously, they haven't got that. But um, I don't I'm not like opposed to the idea. SummerSlam is going to have some big matches on it. Um, so obviously, it's not going to be a main event. So a great spot really is to open the show when you know you're not going to be in that main uh, main event spot. So I think it's actually a good idea. I do believe this match has the potential to steal the show. I think these two are going to work really well together leading up to the match for the build and also the match itself. I think some people are going to be surprised. And I think what they're doing with Pat, Pat, of course, is tremendous. He's the best commentator in the business today, in my opinion. And uh, him being used for these big shows, as I said, is perfect. Really looking forward to this match at SummerSlam. All right, everyone, that's the show. I hope you've enjoyed it. For my loyal Patreon members on this week's Unleashed Extra, I'll be discussing my favorite moments from John Cena's historic 20-year career and answering, as always, your mailbag questions. But for everyone else, I'll see you next week. You won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brad Shepard Unleashed. Unleashed. Stay connected to Brad 24-7 for news, announcements, and analysis by following him on Twitter at It's Brad Shepard. You've been listening to Brad Shepard Unleashed. Yeah. I'm ready to play now. Put me in the game now. I came here to prove it. I'm ready to do it. I can't be afraid now. Put me on the stage now I'm ready to rage now I feel like an animal stuck in a cage And I'm ready to break out My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop This time, like the last time You better get ready to race in the top I'm ready to do this Show you what the truth is I step on the field, it's time to get real I'm feeling so ruthless My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Lower the lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Yeah. So what are you afraid of? Those feelings are made of Get in the game, your moment of fame Show them what you made of It's time that we stand up It's time that we man up For anyone asking who is the best We putting our hands up my time, my time Nothing can keep me from reaching the top This time, like the last time I'm moving so fast, I'm ready to I'm rise I'm ready to throw down It's time for the showdown I'm ready to rise, don't be surprised I'll take on the world now My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Lower the lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time
I'll never go back down Hand over my heart I do this for 